Yes. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? I'm just fiddling around with my mic here. That's for a very good reason, because recently I had my mic on, and you notice we don't have monitors anymore, and they've all got inner ear, inner ear monitors. Those are little things, you know, that rock stars use. And, and, and I was stood there, and, and I was singing away. And what I didn't realize is that my voice was going through this into these lovely young ladies' voice ears, which is sort of like medieval torture. Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you may be new to Willow Park Church. I know many of you are. And my name may be Phil Collins, but I am nothing like the Phil Collins. I mean, first of all, I've got hair. Uh, but secondly... Um, Secondly, I can't sing. I'm actually uh, medically tone deaf. At least that's what I say. I just made the medical bit up then. Um, And I was in one church uh, singing away. I was about to preach. I won't mention the denomination because that's, you know, don't want to, in case there are any Baptists here. Uh, But I was in one church and and a lady tapped me on the shoulder and she said, um, oh, haven't you got a lovely mellow voice? I said, oh, thank you. Like, mellow, that's the first compliment I've ever had for my singing ability. Went home, thought, I'm going to enjoy this compliment. Because, you know, sometimes as being a minister, pastorally, you don't get very many compliments. And uh, I thought, I'm going to enjoy this. I pulled out the Oxford Dictionary and looked up the word mellow. Mellow means overripe to the point of rotten. So, obviously, um, that describes my singing. (laughs) I hope it doesn't describe my little talk uh, now for a few minutes. Uh, But what I do want to say is is thank you if you you have to endure that medieval torture. I want to read you a story that hasn't been read yet, uh, but it is a story that you will all know. And it's a story from Luke's Gospel that deals with the shepherds, who happen to be my favourite characters in the story of the birth of Jesus. Obviously, Jesus is. Uh, But I love these characters. I love their life and their energy and the shock of this. And Luke chapter uh, 2 and verse 8 begins here. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord." And this shall be the sign unto you. You shall shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth and peace and goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away, From them into heaven, the shepherds said to one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, 
which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying, which was told to them concerning the child. And all they that, that heard it were wondered at those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. That, that section there, 12 verses, deals with the arrival of the shepherds into the to the stable, into the place to see the child in the manger. And of course, shepherds are the kind of quintessential image of the story of the nativity. We think about the shepherds. If you've ever been in an elementary school nativity play, as we used to do, and, and certainly I did growing up, you know, as a child in the 70s, I got to play the role of a shepherd. Yes. It was very exciting. I got to get my tea towel from my mum's home and wrap it around my head, get a staff. We were the shepherds. I was seven years old. I had no teeth. And, and it was, I was rocking the role. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest as well. I had my first kiss that day <laughs> from Mary, which feels a little awkward at the moment. Uh, but, but, you know primary school English life as it was. And, and, and I, when I reread this, and as I think about it, I notice three things. And three things I want to just share with you briefly. First of all, how did they the shepherds respond to the coming of the message of Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, they listened and they were willing to listen to what the message was and they were willing to respond Secondly, they heard about peace. And thirdly, they were told not to be afraid. And I think today in our society and everything that we've been facing and the challenges that we face, I think those three things are incredibly important. When you think about the scene, we can often get caught up with the shepherds. We can get caught up with what we might describe as the pastoral picture of this lovely shepherd scene. Of course, you've heard it before, maybe if you've been around church a long time, that of course shepherds were not just this kind of nice pastoral, they were known as rogues. At the time in the Roman Empire, shepherds, those that looked after flocks, were known as the kind of criminals. They were the ones who created problems. They were the wheeler and dealers. They were, I don't know, the used car salespeople. Mm. Perhaps not. Uh, not a good illustration. Uh, but knowing a few here. Uh, however, it's, it's like they were this, this, this individual. These individuals who were known as the, as the troublemakers, as the real rougherans, as the tough guys, and so on. And we know this. They were lowest in the kind. You never grew up and say, what do you want to do in the future? And you say, I want to be a shepherd back then. I mean, today you might. But certainly back then, it was not a job. But here, on a hillside, in a rough landscape, and I've stood on that landscape. I went there on a Holy Land tour and got off the bus and went to the spot and went to the cave where they were supposed to have lived. And then, but I was interested in the landscape. 
And it didn't feel like the ro- rolling hills of, of Worcestershire or Europe or anything. It's rugged landscape. You can imagine it pitch black. And there they are. And suddenly an angel appears with these tidings and would absolutely terrify them. It would terrify me. But what was interesting is that they were willing to listen what the angel said to them. And I think, I think this is amazing and compelling that they listened and they were willing to go. And yet many of us, of course, have listened to this story and many of us have heard it over the years. And, and the question is, are we willing to listen to what God is actually saying to us in our lives? Now, granted, we haven't got choirs of angels appearing and in front of us. That would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? You know, it'd be just great. But actually, you know, we have the Bible. And the Bible tells the story of who God is and what God is about and God's character and God's love and God's care for us. And, and we have, of course, preachers. And, and that's not always the best advert for God, I know. But we do have, have, have preachers and you've listened to sermons and you've listened to the message again and again. But are you really listening? I know sometimes it's difficult to listen because some preachers are a little boring. And I remember going to church in my teens and, and it was it, it's tough. How many of you remember that? Do you, have you ever heard a boring sermon? Never at Willow Park. But... <laughs> But, you know, it's like talking about the great message. They had the angels, and they were like, whoa, yes, I'm going to go and see what this is all about. And they went and they saw, you and I have to work a little bit harder. We have to hear the message. We have to be able to open up the Bible. We need to be able to listen. But I'd like to say to you that God is speaking to every one of you right now if you pause and listen. You may not even be a Christian. You may, not have, you may have arrived here for numerous reasons, but I still want to say that if you stop and you start to seek and you seek the Lord, you shall find him and listen. God is always at work. God is always moving. And, and the shepherds, shepherds responded to the message, but what about in your life? Are you, are you open to listening to what God is saying to you at this time? Are you open to the way that God is speaking to you at this time? The shepherds listened to the message and they went and followed it and they came to Jesus. And the truth is, if you listen to the true message of the gospel and follow it, you will find the real Lord Jesus Christ that will change your life. Mary also listened. There's this lovely verse, which we were, Jordan and I were just discussing this verse, because he said that out of all the Christmas verses and his, his Advent podcast, this became the verse that he absolutely loved. And it's verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured them. She thought about them. She lingered on them. She thought about it. And if you take time to think about the story, think about Jesus, 
God becoming flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, coming into this world. And you start to open up the mystery and the wonder. It just keeps, keeps opening, keeps more goodness, more excitement, more, more of what God wants to say to you. Because God is basically a chatterbox and he wants to speak to you. But some of us are not very good at listening at this moment to what God wants to speak to us. And I put my hand up on that. I mean, men, you know, just Google why men don't listen. Have you ever Googled that? It's not good for your health. Um, honestly, I Googled it the other day. I was thinking, why, why, am, why are men so bad at listening? And it's been said of me by my, my wife. All right, darling. Um, you know, sometimes I don't, by my kids, I know it's hard to believe I'm a pastor, but they go, Dad, you're not listening. I am. What do you just say? Oh, busted. But sometimes we're not very good at listening. We're not putting the effort in it. We're not pausing. We're not stopping. We're not listening to what God is saying to us at this time. What are you hoping for, for that special Christmas present this tonight, if you're German, or tomorrow, if you're English, wherever you open your presents, what are you hoping for? I was, I was thinking about this, and I, I came across, I thought, this is a fabulous present. Just mention it now. You can pop out later. Um, I just, I just this, I came across, and I thought, this is fabulous. This is, a, this is a North Face thermal ball jacket. Have you ever heard of a North Face? It's a thermal ball jacket. Honestly, it, what happens is, it is this jacket that keeps you really warm, but then you can fold it up into the pocket, and it's like a little ball. It's amazing. It's only $350. Uh, but <laughs> and, and then you can open it up, and, and it's got, it just comes up, and it comes alive. It comes out of the little, the little package, and then you put it in your pocket and then it starts to open up a gift that every man wants. And, and it's amazing, it grows, it pulls out, it's got a microwave in it. And it's got all kinds of like tools. And I'm joking about that. But what has that got to do with this? Very good question. Is that when you start to listen to God, suddenly what seems so small and maybe irrelevant starts to grow and grow and become something amazing. Just keeps. And sometimes we don't, we're not listening and therefore we're not experiencing that growth. That they, they listened. So we don't have angels. We don't have choirs. We have a lovely little singers here, but we don't have choirs of angels. You've got to work hard and you've got to listen and read the message. You've got to understand what it says and then be willing to let it speak to you. See, but if you go backwards through the text, so they listened and they went and saw. But then, of course, verse 14 is glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. We like that little saying in verse 14, peace. And goodwill towards all men. But often we just think it's like we're, 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 it's quite cheery. It's like the angels are saying, this is, this, is, this is 
You're going to have all peace. And, and it's all going to be happy now. And it's all good goodness. And of course, the way that the um, translators have put it, they don't actually capture what the word peace means. The word peace isn't some kind of contemplative moment that's come. The word peace in the context of scripture means there's no more war, there's no more division, there's no more hostility. There is now a bridge way back to know God. Peace to the world. You can have peace with God and peace with mankind because Jesus has come to bring that bridge and to bring that peace. The most depressing news, well, there's been lots of depressing news this week, hasn't there? But one of the saddest moments I thought, and I, it kind of made me go, oh, was when, when the Kremlin announced that there wouldn't be uh, a ceasefire over Christmas or on Christmas Day. And we had some uh, Ukrainians in our first service, and I was chatting, and, and it just made me feel very sad that, that we are really... It would have been nice just to have a rest of all what was going on. And of course, there is no plans to have. And we remember that day when, you know, in the First World War, when there was that ceasefire on Christmas Day and the German and English got out and they, they played football together and everything. And I'm sure England beat Germany, uh, which is probably the last time we ever beat them. <laughs> No, actually, World Cup 1966. Uh, but, <laughs> I'm not bitter. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But, but it would have been nice. It would have been nice that the hostilities would end and, and peace would come. An agreement would come. Come together. Can I say that the Christmas story is about the end of all hostilities and peace has come so that you and God can get it together? That you can connect You say, but I'm not at war with God. I'm not at hostility with God. I'm not that. The truth is, since humanity walked away from God in the garden, we've been at war with God with our sinful hearts. And the answer to that was the gift of Jesus to build that bridge so you and God can not only listen to what God's saying to you, but can also walk over the bridge and the end of hostilities and you can have that relationship with God. And so peace is what is offered you. And finally, going back again to the opening verses, verse 10. He says, and the angel said unto them, fear not. Behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. I love that. Fear not. When you listen to God and you understand that you can have peace with God and peace with one another, the result of that is that fear is gone in our lives. Because we know that we have that peace with God. And there's a lot of fear in our world. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of anxiety. We, I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what you might be carrying in your life. I met a lovely gentleman just greeting at the door who just said to me, you know, I've been in hospital for two weeks. And as I was lying there, the first thing I wanted to do was just get to church 
tonight. And that was the nicest thing I could have heard this Christmas. I said, well, Jesus wanted to be here at church. And he said, totally. Why? Because actually you realise at moments of difficulty in life, you realise that when you stop and listen, God is always speaking to you. That when you realise that you have peace because you have a relationship with God and there's a way to God, the hostility is over. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it has changed to thy will be done on earth as in heaven. And then finally, you're not so afraid as you used to be because you know that the Emmanuel, God with us, good news, good tidings has come to the world. And so there's peace there. And fear can go. And I want to say boldly in the same way I've said boldly, if you listen, even if you don't have faith, but you start to listen, Something will change in your life and you will start to hear what God has to say to you because God wants to speak to you. But the real key is that peace that comes through what Jesus offered, that relationship with God, forgiveness of our sins, all shame is taken away and it's the end of fear. All failure is forgotten. All rejection is over. And you are utterly loved and accepted by a God that cares for you and accepts you and loves you. I think that's awesome. And I think that this story of the nativity captures whether you're a wise man, a king, a shepherd, whoever you are, maybe open this up and start to see what emerges from it. Because it is wondrous how God wants to speak to every one of us. And as we finish, uh, let's stand together and we're going to sing our final song. And allow me, if you would, I'll just say a prayer for you and your families. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the shepherds and how they responded to the good news of the coming of the king. We thank you that they listened to the words of the angels and followed the words to Jesus. And may we listen to your word and always follow it to Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the shepherds that they responded to the words of peace. And thank you, Lord, that we can have peace with God now. We can know that love. And thank you, Lord, also that fear, do not be afraid because God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Help us, Lord, I pray, not to be afraid, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Hey, our kids, I can hear you. I love the sound of kids. At the end, there are some big good bags of goodies for all of you because you may have had to endure this sermon. I know you're little and you might have found it a bit boring, but well done. And uh, enjoy those. Um, 
those bags of candies, not sweets. Got a, yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs>